Hello, and welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach, Shannon Keegan. Just me today, and a bit of a summer update. First of all, if you were a guest on Marathon Swim Stories between April and December of 2020, your interview will be part of a qualitative study of the motivations of endurance swimmers. If you would like your interview to be excluded from the study, please let me know. You can reach me, Shannon, at intrepidwater.com. Personally, I was thrilled to find out that the interviews that I had conducted for myself last year would be of value to a researcher, so I jumped at the opportunity when I was approached by the PhD professor and his student. But once again, if you were interviewed last year and like your interview excluded, please let me know. I also had a few big swims in July that I wanted to tell you about on the night of July 12th. I set out to complete my Lake Tahoe Triple Crown. This came about after completing the length of Lake Tahoe in 2019. I received a beautiful gift from the pilots later that year, a drawing of the lake with the three different courses on it. It was a very thoughtful gift but I couldn't bring myself to hang it on the wall because I'd only done one of those courses. The closer that I looked at it, it didn't seem like it was very far from the end of the true width to the beginning of the Vikings home. So I contacted Sylvia from Pacific Open Water Swim Company, and we hatched a plan to combine the routes. I think that was early last year, and of got pushed out to this year. I ended up loving the transitions between the routes. I got out at the end so that I could have a standalone time for each course and really enjoyed taking a minute to stretch under gravity's weight before continuing on to the the next part of the swim. It went pretty, pretty smooth sailing most of the time. It was a dark night and I had some trouble with depth perception. As the night drug on, It the sun had already set by the time we left around 9.15 and the moon set shortly after that. And so it was a beautiful, beautiful starry night, but there wasn't that much ambient light. And I just found myself getting a little bit fatigued at the dark. And the while there's lights on the side of the boat, I couldn't always tell if I was drifting away or staying beside it or swimming into it. But eventually, I think it was about six and a half hours in, we made it to the beach, signifying the end of the true width. And I trudged out of the water and did some quick stretching and then jumped right back in and was just in awe of how clear the water was. It was still really, really dark. And I could still see the sandy bottom just even in the 
barely hints of first light. And it was a nice, it's nice to have something else to focus on in the water. But this next stretch, we were calling it the connector between the true width and the Vikings home, became the hardest part of the swim for me. I was just exhausted and had started caffeine somewhere along the line in the middle of the night. And so didn't feel like anything was keeping me awake. And it's just a horrible sensation when you feel like you really want to sleep. And uh, my body doesn't have any trouble moving, but keeping my mind on the task. So even in the uh, early morning light, which helped with the depth perception problem I was having, I started having some kind of crazy hallucinations and seeing all kinds of things on the boat seemingly <laughs> it uh I had this this something similar had happened to me when I did the length swim I have got some work to do on the long overnight swims I don't know how some of the long long distance swimmers out there do it I've uh I even tried to cut back a little on my caffeine going in hoping that it would have a greater effect on me but um I must have more work to do in that area. The connector was only about, I think, three and a half miles. And um, once I kind of got out of that uncomfortable part, which probably only lasted an hour. Yeah, so a big chunk of that connector piece. But then we started getting into some really beautiful... Um, the, the water wasn't as clear. It was getting really murky in the water, but there was some... Um, really beautiful rock formations that we swim around um, going up to the beginning of the Vikings home. And that was really energizing. And um, walked up on the boat ramp there. Again, did another little stretch. There was a fisherman there. Um, so I was trying to stay out of his way. And he wasn't that excited about a swimmer being on his boat ramp. So I hurried out of there. And then I really just got into a rhythm, and I was feeling really, really good once the morning light was starting to come up from behind the mountains. It also ended up being, you know, that's kind of the seventh inning stretch, so to speak, like the part of the that just kind of drags on. But I was really able to find a rhythm. One of the things I did this swim that was really, really helpful for me as I wrote out um, technique tips I'm a big technique-focused uh, training person, and um, I think about my technique. I just kind of recenter on it throughout my swim. So I'd written down, I think, like 23 or it wasn't quite 30 because I, I was trying to get one for every feed. But anyway, I ended up getting writing out about 23 different technique tips, and I passed them on to my crew so that they could share with me something just surprised me with some kind of thing to focus on with every single um, feed. And that was extremely helpful. Like I said, just kind of a way to center when you're, especially when you're getting into kind of the sloggy parts. Um, and especially when you start to get tired, um, refocusing on my technique was key. So that got me through the through the uh, middle part of the Vikings home. And then the last hour or two coming into Emerald Bay it was getting close to like 11 noon I guess it would have been around maybe starting around 10 30 11 and there started to be a lot more wave action because there was a lot more boats and 
some skidoos, and all of a sudden I started realizing my crew was all just starting to get on really high alert, and everyone was awake. There was two observers, and they were taking turns, but all of a sudden everyone, each everybody was up at a. There was two, yeah, two observers and a pilot, and then my crew, and so there was four people on the boat, each one at each quadrant, like watching out for areas and just signaling to boats to kind of slow down, swimmer in the water. And as we got closer and closer to the mouth to Emerald Bay, they were letting me know I really needed to stay right next to the boat. So I, um, so I did. <laughs> I'm pretty good at following instructions. And so uh, that last part was pretty intense. Um, I think mostly I had to breathe to my left side, which is probably my more comfortable side to breathe. But I had to do it for like an hour hour, hour and a half. And I, I, I like breathing to both sides. I don't, and I don't like breathing every stroke, but I was really concerned about holding my position next to the boat. Um, so I did <laughs> and, um, was really relieved when we finally got to the, uh, where we could see the, the little dock and, um, the kids and there's all kinds of people up on the beach and we'd gone the day before, so I knew what the ending was going to be like. And I was really, really grateful to have had that um, in my mind. And tried to follow the directions of, you know, just not looking, not looking up, not looking where I'm going. And just um, swim, 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 swim until they told me that, that, I, could, that I could reset my sights and, and swim myself in. So it ended up being a great, pretty uneventful swim. I think I had a little bit of kind of bloating and digestion and discomfort, I'd say, over the night. But nothing as bad as I had when I did the length swim. And it was a little bit longer. It came out to about 26.2 miles. And I was really glad with how everything worked out. And it ended up being a really beautiful, beautiful time down there in Tahoe. And then I turned around, got home from Tahoe the next day. And started getting ready for our trip to the East Coast. We're heading to Vermont, where we used to live, where we have some friends. And uh, started getting ready for Border Buster, which I intentionally set close to the Tahoe dates. Um, in retrospect, I should have cut out the time to really stretch out, get some stretch out swims. I'd continued doing, nope, you know, thinking back, I don't think I did much of anything except get back, rest up, try to kind of recalibrate after uh, swimming overnight back to daytime hours. And then the next thing we knew, we were on a plane to Vermont. And I was really more focused on resting than I was on really um, stretching. And that ended up catching up with me. <laughs> Uh, so I was with my family during the week and my husband came and took the kids to Maine where he grew up and I got to hang out for a night and see some of you all in, um, the pre-dinner before, before Border Buster. And then on, uh, Saturday we set off bright and early, right on time. And, uh, my friend's was kayaking for me and was amazing. He did a he did a fantastic job and was so well prepared. It was really comforting knowing that he was there. And I was doing great for the first 
felt a couple hours that really felt great. And uh, I guess I was calling it, we were calling it the border bumper island tour because we weren't able to cross the border this year. Um, and when we did that after, so we get up close to the border and you swim across the lake from one side to the other. And then you curve around the islands and then we had to, had to head all the way back across the lake. And I hadn't really looked at the course map that closely and that ended up being quite a slog pretty early on, just about two and a half hours in. And um, the lake was still and calm, but sometimes that can make a slog even seem like more of a slog. And I uh, just felt like nothing was nothing was coming up fast enough. <laughs> but, um, but at the end of the day, it ended up being a good swim. I was, I was tight early on, just kept trying to lean into my stroke and really, really stretch it out and just trying to get it done. And, and I did, it was, it's always nostalgic swimming in Lake Memphremagog. That was where open water swimming really started for me. I had uh, dabbled in triathlon, but I'd never really committed to swimming any distance in a lake until I lived in Vermont in the 20, 2010 time frame. And um, the islands around Derby Bay were, were our playground. So a lot, lot of memories swimming in that lake. I've been out in it quite a few times since. So it ended up being a really, really good time. There's something about that setting, though, with, you know, leaving the beach with a bunch of other people and rounding all the buoys. I get a little more competitive in my mind than I really want to be. So I kind of long for that solo aspect sometimes when I'm in that setting. So I uh, come out of it wondering, you know, who's in front, who's behind. And as much as I don't want to care, I do. <laughs> so I'm still investigating the competitive part of myself. There's something about trying to beat somebody else that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Maybe it's because I'm approaching middle age or because I have young kids I don't know, but I'd rather focus on my own personal progress, improvement against my own goals, rather than focusing on outdoing other people. But I was pleased with how things turned out, and my time ended up being spot on what I thought it would be with the pace that I, uh, that I could usually hold. So all that was really good. Since getting back to Southern Oregon, we've had some smoky days due to the fires out here. This is the time of year where everything's just incredibly dry and we'll get end up getting a beautiful thunderstorm roll through and maybe even a little rain, but those lightning strikes, they hit the trees up in the mountains and they just go up like matchsticks. So we're just hunkering down. Um, don't even get me started on COVID. <laughs> At the moment, I'm grateful that I've gotten some swims in this year. 
and now I can reset with my land-based training since swimming's outside isn't happening right now. And I have time to focus on my clients and hearing more stories from marathon swimmers. If you've been following Janine's journey to Tahoe, which she so graciously shared with us this year in a four-part series, we've recorded parts one, two, and three. And if you didn't see, she completed the 21-mile length of Lake Tahoe on July 30th was, I think, when she finished. Huge congratulations to Janine. All your hard work really paid off. Looking forward to catching up with her for part four to see how she's doing post-swim. Coming up for you with Marathon Swim Stories, we'll have part three of Gia's journey to swim around Manhattan here in a couple weeks. And a lot of other great marathon swim stories coming your way. So stay tuned. Finally, last item. I just launched my Intrepid Water Technique-focused coaching program. If you're interested in improving your technique, this is a great opportunity to get some guidance on how to shake your bad habits and build new ones so that you can start swimming efficiently. You provide video footage for me to do analysis, and then we meet once a month to get you on the road to achieving your swimming goals. You can find out more about the IW Technique Focus Coaching, ongoing coaching program at intrepidwater.com. Additionally, the Intrepid Water Accountability Group is a great place to get some support and encouragement As you continue on your swimming journey, we endeavor to do swimming-related challenges each month. That could be anything from stretching to land-based exercises. We even do journaling topics. And we also meet once a month for a deep dive topic to get deep on something. And everybody gets to contribute. It's a really great environment. I'd love to see you there. I hope you're having a great summer. Until next time, 